0: Welcome to Brave Talks, a collection of conversations around the business of creativity. I'm Anthony, the UX content strategist for Brave. And joining me is Gabe, the founder of Brave, and Lana, our design director. Say hi, guys. Hello. Hey. So how are you guys doing? How are you holding up in quarantine?
1: Uh, For me, honestly, my inner introvert is just thriving, just living... His best life right now.
0: So I wasn't sure where you were gonna go with yeah, that, but that's, that's not that bad.
1: Yeah. yeah, it's not that bad. No. I Me,
2: mean, on the other hand, I'm going. I was going crazy now that things are starting to look up better and there's more freedom. I'm enjoying it for sure.
0: You hit the beach hard last weekend.
2: Yes, I am very dark, very you, red. You made up for
0: months <laughs> of missing the beach.
2: <laughs> I basically went to the beach for eight hours each day. Oh
0: my gosh! So. Wow. And now you work there. they hired you
2: i I was kind of thinking about bringing my laptop and work from i
0: (laughs) I wouldn't i wouldn't blame you (laughs) okay so in this episode we're going to talk about empathy and design so to me this is a really fascinating conversation because i think there's a way in which a designer can get a little too comfortable by themselves and just kind of design from their own assumptions Mm -hmm. uh, and leave out the person that they're designing for right and you know designing maybe like a website or something like that is different than a typical artist, you know, a typical artist who might have a painting or something. They get to express Mm -hmm. their art however they want because it's an expression of themselves. But this is a unique form of design because we're designing for a specific person, uh, you know, the client or the user. And so it's important that we consider them from the front. So before we get into empathy and design, let's just talk about empathy in general. How would we define empathy? Empathy before we try to set it into the topic of design?
2: I would say empathy will be better described as saying it's like walking on someone else's shoes. It's about understanding the other person, their perspective, their intentions, and their motivation. So you could say that empathy is different from sympathy and the fact that it's not just about understanding what the other person is going through, it's also about being reactive. It's kind of slightly different from sympathy, where sympathy is just about the fact of understanding, like just having the intellectual knowledge of what someone else can be going mm. through. And empathy is taking action mm, uh, and kind good. of trying to do something regarding the situation.
0: So seeing the world through another person's eyes, yes. being able to have that emotional yes. connection with them.
1: And I like what you said about um, essentially action being a prerequisite to empathy, because in our context as an agency, it's not enough to just understand the client need, but you know we're we're literally getting paid to act on it, and there's kind of a, a twofold. Understanding of that, or or an, uh, an execution of that, one is we're listening to the client's needs and trying to take action on their business behalf. But the the real end user uh, is is obviously the customer, the audience of the client. So it's our audience's audience, technically from a, an agency perspective. And so we're really having to think beyond them and feel beyond them, and then act beyond them as well. And so we're constantly juggling parties, essentially, or, or two audiences to please the client who's you know paying us money to achieve a thing and, and hit a result. And then collectively, we're sort of partnering to uh, engage this audience out there that we've not met yet, that hopefully our, you know, our marketing personas have helped us triangulate and target. But a lot of that is trial and error. And so I, I think what's really cool about the job we get to do is that we can have iterative empathy, so it's not just a one time action, but it's something that we work at over and over again to really, you know, put ourselves into the shoes, so to speak, like Lana said, of the people that these, you know, these websites, these applications, these brands are really meant to serve.
0: That's interesting that the term iterative empathy, because as you were talking, I, I thought, man, it's it's challenging enough sometimes to have empathy, just, just to have empathy, right? Because <laughs> yeah. we're selfish and sure. hard to see mm-hmm. the world through someone else's eyes. So it's almost like when we're working on a project there's like a double effort that goes into it yeah. but maybe the grace in it is that you get to have chances at it and you yeah. get to iterate within it which is which is nice
1: and you know as i think about the theme of you know what we've been exploring lately in terms of the business behind creativity so to speak i think it's so fascinating that you only really come to that conclusion uh, the hard way you know and i know lana you can relate to this as a former agency owner there's no manual as a designer or as an artist, which is typically the reason why you you get into the game, right? Is that you you just, you know, love creativity, you love art, you love making beautiful things. And then you realize that there's a market to, you know, get paid to make those beautiful things. And it's, it for me, and at least, you know, personally, it took me a long time to understand what I was actually getting paid to do because the first mm-hmm. few years you think, well, I'm an artiste and, you know, these... The, these clients don't get it. Like I'm here to bestow on them some, some magical um, you know, revelation of creativity. And really I felt that way because I was never taught to ask the right questions. And I think you know, the first question in empathy is kind of you know, what you said earlier. It's like, who is this for? And that, that question really you know, changed my, my direction when it comes to occupying the space of a designer. And I went from like almost artist- to capital D designer, designing things that needed to be used by other people.
0: Mm. Okay. So we're moving into the agency world. We're not maybe talking about empathy abstractly anymore. So let's kind of get get into that a little bit. I'm curious, what does it look like then? You two are designers. I wouldn't say uh, that my forte is designed. I work more with content, right? Sure. Um, So tell me, how do you do that then? How do you embed empathy into design and then specifically in sort of our context like an agency uh work
2: well i think it's important kind of like what you were saying gabe it's kind of like a gradual step for a designer or for anyone in general first of all you get into this industry thinking like you have all the answers and you're ready to do this thing for yourself it's kind of like out of ego base Mm -hmm. and then you start getting you start getting clients go into a real world get clients and you start getting paid by those clients and you start thinking that you're the user or like yeah. you're designing something for the client, which sometimes you are, but not all the time. When you often forget that your client is your client's client, that mm-hmm. like you really have to make sure that like whatever you're designing, whatever project you're engaging, sometimes we forget that the person we're dealing directly with is not the end user. Yeah, And so then we get around asking the wrong questions, trying to please the wrong person when, I mean, at the end, the point of empathy is just being helpful. Yeah. And who are we helping? I think it's important to remember that when you start a new project, I kind of like trying to get clients to understand that too, because we're not all exposed. I think we all have a general concept of what empathy is, but we, it's not like we consciously practice it. Yeah. We might unconsciously practice it, but not consciously. So just bringing that forefront with the client at the beginning and just letting them know that we're trying to do our best to make it easy for their clients or customers to engage with them. One of the first steps in design thinking is about drawing an empathy map. Where you start drafting that that what a persona will be like for this product or service, sure. And you have the user at the center, and you start of identify what they're thinking and feeling, what they're seeing, what they do, what they hear, and their goals as it pertains to that specific moment. So, for example, if you're designing a website for uh, I don't know an ER, mm-hmm. you might want to make it like super sexy, and then do all these things and bells and whistles, and then you forget that the, the state of mind, the person, the visitor. It's like going like under while they're visiting your website. is very different than what you are, like how <laughs> yeah. you're feeling right now. Yeah. They're yeah. probably under distress or anxious. And all they want to do is find one button and you have to make it super accessible for them. It doesn't matter if you have 20 pictures of like the facility. That's yeah. not what they need. Yeah. So that's, I think that's where empathy plays a role. Is like, how can I be helpful to the person that's using this product?
0: The, the thing I thought about as you were talking was it's, it's not about you, the designer, right? It's, right. It's about the user. And I like that a lot. I've, I've worked with you on projects and I've seen you want to do something like you think oh, I have a really great idea. I think this could look good. But then as I've heard you process your decisions out loud, uh, you tend to fall back on, well, actually the user would be at this page because of this. So I'm though I would love the design to look like this. I don't Uh think that it would be best for the user. And that's hard, right? Because a designer is an artist and, you know, artists express themselves through their art. And so you want to do your own expression, right? Uh, And so I I think it takes a a really high, like, emotional intelligence (laughs) to be able to set your own desires Mm -hmm. aside to design for the user and the client.
1: Yeah, and I I think taking that to the next level for maybe the freelancer or the you know, agency owner or anyone listening that you know, has worked in either of those capacities. When Lana was talking, I'm thinking to myself, what a different juxtaposition or, or an angle, let's say, to take to your client as, uh, you know, when, when you go into an engagement typically, and not in a malicious way, but typically you're having this thought of like, it's us and it's them. And you use a lot of these like kind of fluffy marketing terms like we align as one team and you know, when we win, you win and all that stuff. and There's truth to it. It's cheesy. It's over overused, but there's some truth to it. But the real positioning uh, that I think, you know, can be a maybe a game changer going into these client engagements is aligning with the client uh, to serve the user and not just you know, bring your vision to life per se, but really kind of taking the client, you know, by the hand and saying, look, we're we're on the same side, we're looking at the same horizon line, and we're just here to help you serve, you know, the audience that you're after. And I think with that kind of expectation setting early on, you're probably going to mitigate a lot of the risks that happen in, in, you know, these client engagements, and specifically in the agency world where, you know, agencies get a bad rap for being like exactly what we're describing, just like, more focused on their expensive, you know, West Elm furniture and their crazy overhead, which then they, you know, have to give you a crazy invoice for because you you needed a, a typo to be fixed. And it's like, well, yeah, but my hourly operational costs are, you know, hundred bucks. So I got to charge you 150 to make some margin on that. And it's like, there's there's been such a lack of empathy uh, set up for us in the agency world that, mm-hmm. you know, those of us who are really trying to integrate this type of thinking and this type of like integral... Customer service back into our, you know, our, our companies. Like we're we're fight, fighting an uphill battle in a narrative that really looks like sort of like the Mad Men days of like you know smoking cigarettes and and just behaving badly you know in the office and then charging a lot of money for it you know um, and in in the reverse you know how it's it's also become a, a race to the bottom because on the other side of the spectrum you have like the Fivers and and Squarespace and all these amazing tools and and outlets that are super super cheap. But, you know, it creates this, it creates a a quandary of like, where is the modern digital agency supposed to sit? And how do we make money? And how do we do it in a, in a way that we're proud of, Um, not just of like the caliber of work, but the character, you know, that we have as we're doing it and the relationship and reputation that we're building while we're doing it.
0: What's interesting as I'm listening to you is, you just said, how do we make money as an agency, right? Um, It's almost paradoxical what we're saying, because empathy, true empathy is selfless. You are looking at the other person, you're seeing the other person and you're looking at the world through their eyes because you care about them and sure. it's and it's genuine, right? Um, that's like yet another hurdle <laughs> for an agency or designer, an agency or a freelance designer, whoever, um, to do it with, with authenticity. Sure. Um, because now you have two different sets of eyes that you're trying to empathize through. And though you're getting paid for it, it has to be genuine because I think anybody can kind of smell disingenuine empathy or character or personality or or whatever. And so, man, it's like, (laughs) what is, I suppose, one of the most important parts of design could, in fact, be one of the most challenging parts of design. And you haven't even designed anything yet. You're just getting ready for it. Okay, so how do we do it, Lana? If someone is listening and they think, yes, I want to incorporate empathy into my design and I want to lead from that posture of empathy... Um, what are some ideas or principles you could pass along to help someone do that?
2: I mean, empathy is a very universal principle, so it's not hard to practice empathy. You just have to—I mean, you just have to be aware of it. So I would say you can start by observation. Okay. And start looking at how people use your products, or if you're designing a website, like, and you know, the average user for that website is going to be—I don't know—six years old. Just try to like I don't know pick over the shoulder of your, like your mom or somebody you know and try to see how they use the site and then you'll start understanding so many things. You have to synthesize like different like inputs and puzzle together what other people need and how they behave and interact with these products. So rather than doing it from isolation, it's just about gathering different points of views and also diversity. Like don't just think you and your friends have all the answers and just limit your resources to that. Try to expand. Empathy is about observation. Of course, like I said before, it's about being helpful. So after you have all these notes and you have a general idea of what this user is feeling, thinking, and doing at the moment, they're using your product, take that into account when you're coming up with a solution. I always like taking notes and remembering, like, who is this for? Mm-hmm. There will be points where I'm, like, working on a wireframe halfway through and I'm doing something really cool, what thing looks, like, super nice. And then I'm like, you know what? Does this actually serve, like, the middle-aged person who's just like just trying to get to the contact in, the contact form on the page—is this helping? And then, of course, I had to go back and revise it. And it happens like at the beginning, the middle, and the end of the process. So mm-hmm. it's always checking yourself in. Um, but if you do the homework of like researching and understanding really who is this for, you're already gone a long a long way.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's um, good. Um, I think you know from my vantage point, it's it's been a while since I've been. Um, you know, a full-time designer, so to speak, in, in that day-to-day role. And so now functioning a little bit more as a director of that process to some degree, I realize the importance and the weight of building empathy into our core value set and sort of the guiding principles and like the fabric and DNA of the team so that as we scale, we're replicating a DNA that is speaking to this very thing that we've said is so important you know, it's just very simple, but it can apply even at a freelance career level. So this is an advice that's only good for, you know, that an owner of a company or a manager of a team, but even as a freelancer, you can create your own sort of guiding principles, your own criteria for not only the type of clients uh, that you choose to work with or the relationships that you see as valuable and healthy, but you can set a criteria for the way that you treat your customers. For me, I'm always thinking through the lens of process. You know, something that we always say is that, you know, what you celebrate, um, you replicate. And so for us, we've put a lot of effort into having these, these types of conversations, asking the question, who's this for? And even having, you know, these gut checks when we're all sort of, let's say we're remote and we're in Slack and we're frustrated at a particular decision that a client has made. And, you know, I I kind of task myself as maybe where the buck stops to be the one that says, but you know what? And then insert silver lining, you know, but you know what? You know, something kind, something of positive regard. And that is so much easier said than done. But I think it goes through and through. It's not just the marketing tagline. Like it's in the ingredients. It has Mm -hmm. to be. That's how I've seen uh, some of our best results is like literally baking it in to the cake.
0: (laughs) That's really good. Um, empathy is something to fight for. Sure. Something exactly. depth, and which maybe is easy to forget after a couple, we'll say, challenging experiences yeah. with clients, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, that can be lost and the humanity can be gone. But Absolutely. fighting for it, uh, doing something to force yourself to remember, this is maybe one of the most important elements to creating a product like this.
1: And you know what's beautiful is that when those, when, when a, a core value like empathy is chiseled into the company culture, some of my favorite experiences of running this company is when, you know, either of you or someone else on the team has been the one to sort of pick up the torch and remind me and others, Mm -hmm. but you know what guys, this isn't the brave way or this isn't how we do things. And, and so then I think to myself, thank goodness that I wrote this down at some point in a more sober mindset (laughs) when I wasn't upset at a client because now it's paying dividends back to me when I'm the one who's kind of lost my way. Sure.
2: Yeah, and I would like to say that there are several ways where you can be empathetic throughout the whole process. So, like, you can be empathetic towards your client. They come back to you and they send you an angry email. You have to understand that they must be going through something mm-hmm. that made them react that way. They might not be directly tied to you. You probably did nothing wrong. But you have to understand that maybe they, I don't know, they have to present to a CEO, something's gone wrong, and then now they're feeling stressed. Um So, again, I think you can practice empathy there, not being reactive to the point of, like, oh, my God, this is, like, the worst client ever. Just trying to, like, hey, how can we work this out?
0: Like, what can we do
2: here? And also, again, then there's a, through the lens of design and designing for the user, like, just even, like, the smallest thing and simplest things, like, should this website be, I don't know, like, infinite scrolling. Mm -hmm. Making that decision, okay, so who's going to use this? Would this make sense for that person? That's right. Uh, Do we have an email button, just like a, list out the email, let people just like open it up in the email client or have a form that they have to fill out. What which of those two options make the most sense? And also like even thinking about the CMS. Is it gonna be easy for my client to update at the end of the day? Is this just creating more trouble or more work for them? Are they just gonna call me nonstop because they don't know how to use it? Like you might be very you might be very proud of you as a developer, be very proud that you built this very complex thing <laughs> and it might not be helpful. And then that's when There's that disconnect.
0: I came across a quote recently, and I wrote it down knowing that we were going to have this conversation. Maya Angelou says, I've learned that people will forget what you've said. People will forget what you did, but people will never forget how you made them feel, Yep, which is great, right? And so I think that's important to remember as we're dealing with clients, uh, as we're dealing with potential users, uh, because I think they'll remember how we made them feel. Um, But then I think it could actually be uh, true of somebody coming across a product or a website. I think, sure, there was good content there, but how did that product make me feel? Did I feel welcome there? Was it intuitive for me? Was it built for me? There's sort of this intangible quality to something like an app or website that could help bring people back. Well, thanks for weighing in and sharing your thoughts on this topic. I thought it was extremely interesting and insightful, and I'm sure a lot of people listening did as well. So thanks.
2: No, thank you. It Thanks. was a very nice topic to cover. And I think we all just need a little reminder to practice it.
0: We hope you enjoyed listening to this podcast as much as we did making it. Thanks for listening and joining in on our conversation.
1: Brave Talks is an extension of Brave View, an online learning platform for creative professionals. For more resources on the business of creativity, head over to brave.university.com. There you'll find articles, downloads, and courses to help you unlock better work through better process.
0: If you like our podcast, it'd mean a lot to us if you gave us a quick rating and a review on whichever podcasting app you use. And finally, be sure to subscribe so you are notified as soon as the next episode is released. Thanks for listening.